Good day. This is Brother Jim Ellis with Dispensational Ministries Podcast. I want to welcome you today to our message on Do You Not Know You Are More Than Leftover Stardust? Bill Nye, the science guy, said recently, the most profound insight that I've ever had is that we are made of stardust. He said we are the stuff of exploded stars. We are at least one of the ways that the universe knows itself. That is amazing. Yes, Bill, it's also amazing to me Not that we are made of leftover stardust, for we are not. At least not in the way that Bill believes we are. What amazes me is that any human being could be so blind to the truth. We are at least one of the ways that the universe knows itself, he said. What does that even mean? That statement is just like so many other statements made by the world of unregenerate mankind. And it makes absolutely no common sense by any stretch of the imagination. We are at least one of the ways that the universe knows itself. That is just simply one more canned talking point or canned phrase designed to promote their foolish agenda and campaign to diminish people's faith in the God who created them. Evil is very adept at creating slogans and catchphrases or canned phrases designed to promote their opposition to the truth of God. Paul the Apostle warned us against such canned phrases that are designed to confuse and spread false propaganda like the one that was common in Paul's day. They used to tell one another, let us eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. They repeated that slogan time and again as a catchphrase in an attempt to convince people that this life is all there is. and So we are free to abandon all moral standards and live life any way we choose. Bill here is giving the, the universe consciousness and the universe the ability to consciously create, reason, and know to an Endless mass of black outer space. How does the mystical universe know anything without life and consciousness? Bill, is the universe capable capable of conscious thought on its own and knowing? Is the universe a self-sustaining deity in and of itself? Is the universe capable of planning, design, purpose, and creating by its own power and thought process? Is the universe akin to the mystical mother nature who has been assigned the ability of conscious thought, planning, design, purpose, who supposedly keeps order and arrangement in the world of the fish and plants and animals? One of the famous catchphrases of the day, well, it's nature's way of fill in the blank. Well, how does nature in itself know anything or is able to design matters of reality or habits and patterns of life? According to Bill, we are not created by all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful God. We were created by an omnipotent universe which has the ability of conscious thought, purpose, planning, and design. 
using Bill's own vain imaginations, the universe spoke and called us into existence. A universe which is its own deity. It is divine in and of itself. He and his modern day cohorts have done what Paul said mankind long ago did. In Romans chapter 1 verse 20, Paul said, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. The modern-day humanists have devised their own version of life on this planet, which is far and away opposed to the truth of God in His divine creation. Their vain imaginations have devised an alternative form of creation called evolution. In this alternate, alternative creation theory, we all exist by a long series of, well, just simple accidents. We are no more than leftover remnants of stardust that once bombarded our earth, formed over time by mere chance. We are little more than accidents and freaks of their vainly imagined God, the God of nature. And in the process, men and women by the millions have been beguiled and deceived into accepting and believing their lives. They have convinced many that they, the supposed brilliant-minded scientists of evolution, are so intelligent that they are able to peer out into the universe and know how we all came into existence. They have branded themselves as savior of mankind because of their own supreme intelligence. And because of their superior intelligence, they and their suppositions cannot and, and must not be questioned by mere mortal men who do not possess their intelligence and their knowledge and their superior capacity of thought. According to, the, to them, the common man should, well, never question their brilliance. As a result... Many men and women by the millions have blindly and mindlessly followed their vain imaginations and lies. The truth is, men and women who have propagated these insane theories of stardust creation, they do so because they refuse to recognize the responsibility to the authority of God. Their alternate theories of accidental evolution are mere attempts to deny the existence of God Thus, if he does not exist, if he did not create, then they believe themselves to be free from his authority. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12 says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny 
himself. In other words, simply saying, there is no God, does not make it so. And it will not free a person from the power of God in the final day of judgment. I was in a conversation with a man some years back who had swallowed the superstitions of the humanists and the evolutionists. He had a small plastic toy, replica of a dinosaur. And he began speaking about it as if it was real. During our conversation, I must have said something that surprised him. And he asked me, do you not believe that dinosaurs existed? I said, no, sir. Well, not at least the way that you believe in them. But he said to me, everyone knows there used to be dinosaurs. So I asked him, how do you know they were dinosaurs? He looked at me in a puzzled form and he said, well, it's just common knowledge. Every, everyone knows they existed. I said the only reason everybody knows they existed is because they have been duped in believing the lies of the people who would do or say anything to rid themselves of the responsibility to a holy God. The simple truth is the vast majority of men and women who accepted the lies of evolution have done so by faith in the false science which has been propagating the lie of evolution for the last 150 years. It has been repeated over and over again until it has been accepted as fact and truth, but it is not and never was true. People have written books and papers and telling unsuspecting young people something that is an unproven and unprovable lie that is, that is not true. And they repeat it and say that it is absolute truth when it is not truth. Without verifiable proof, they simply make statements. Statements that tell us evolution is true. And we are expected to accept their propaganda as truth simply because they said it was true. They contrive these long and complex situations of evolutions, or evolution, situations that never really took place or never happened in history, but they repeat them over and over as if these false events actually took place until it is believed as a perception, a perception that is not true. Many accept their false narratives for little more reason than the fact that these supposed learned men and women wrote a book, introduced it into the classroom, and thus it must be true if they wrote a book about it, right? Thus, the unproven and unprovable life evolution has been repeated over and over again until it has been accepted as truth. Even though it has not been proven, it cannot be proven, and it never will be proven, and the people who repeat that lie of evolution know. They know it has not been proven. They know it cannot be proven, and they know in their hearts it never will be proven. But if they can beguile enough people into believing the lie without proof, then there's no need to prove anything. And their goal is not truly to prove evolution. Their goal is to see, deceive enough people into believing the lie so that it will be commonly perceived as true. Thus the lie has been repeated over and over again 
until people have merely accepted the lie of evolution without questioning the validity of evolution. The fact that it has never and will never be proven has been lost on those who have blindly accepted the lie of evolution. It's come to the point in America that the lie is not even being questioned, but merely accepted as true. It's just become common knowledge, even though there is no proof. It was conceived in a lie, and it is still very much a lie, a lie designed to deceive people away from their inherent knowledge of God. Remember what Paul said in Romans, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. My friend, allow me to ask you a question. Do you not know you are more than leftover stardust? Do you not know that when you cry and you brought the tears over something that took place in your life? Or do you not know when you laugh at something that's funny or joyful that took place? Do you not know that you're more than stardust when you are happy and maybe even when you're sad? Or when you fall in love or maybe when you've had your heart broken. Do you not know that you're more than leftover stardust when you take conscious thought and realize that you are alive? Do you not know that you're more than leftover stardust every time you make a plan? Or you have an idea? Or you figure out a problem? Or come to a solution to a problem? Or maybe when you sit down to enjoy a certain food. How about when you first tasted ice cream? Do you not know you are more than mere leftover stardust when you take a walk in the woods or a stroll on the beach or just sit on your porch and witness the sunrise and sit? Do you not know that you're more than leftover stardust when you first held your new baby boy or girl? And something you cannot explain swelled up deep inside you. Or maybe when you was out in your fishing boat, you looked up into that clear, deep blue sky and you sensed the kind of inner amazement of God's creation. Or maybe when that night you looked up to the heaven and saw a close-up view of the vastness of the star, of the space and the innumerable Stars in the sky. Maybe, maybe you realized it. Maybe that day that that little grandbaby crawled up into your lap and said, Grandpa, Grandma, I love you. Maybe then you began to realize that there's something more to this life than just being leftover stardust. Do you not know that you're more than leftover stardust every time you walk out into the fresh air and take a deep breath And the air fills your lungs. And you simply enjoy being alive. You see, God called upon the elements of His created universe. For He is the one that created all the elements. And He brought us up out of the dust of the earth. But it didn't stop there. He also breathed into us the breath of life. And we all became living 
breathing beings with an immortal soul. Yes. The same elements that makes up the sun and the moon and the stars also go together to make up our physical bodies. But that is by no means evidence that we came into being by some mystical process of evolution. It merely means that the very God who created all the elements of the universe called them together to create our physical bodies. The same God who created the sun and who created the moon and who created the stars. That same God also created us. But he did something inside us that he did not do for the other elements in his creation. He breathed into us the divine breath of life and made us to be living souls. It is mystifying to me how any normal thinking and reasoning person cannot see the difference between us as living souls and a rock or tree or baboon. My friend... Do you really think there was ever a time when a baboon or a monkey or a horse or a cow has ever looked up to heaven and asked, Who am I? Man, why am I here? Did that horse or cow ever ask, You know, what's the meaning and purpose of life? Did that monkey or that alligator ever ponder, Is there a God? Did some insect ever looked up to heaven and said, God, if you're there, will you reveal yourself to me? God, if you're there, let me know you're there. No, my friend, all they know is that they need to eat, drink, and reproduce. They do not even realize they are alive. No way, not in any way that we realize our consciousness in our thought and our being. They are not capable of conscious reasoning, nowhere near the way we are. The differences between us and the animal kingdom is so vast and wide, there is no comparison. We are not animals. We are special and direct creations of God who gave us and made us a living soul. Animals have a form of consciousness, but they do not have and are not living souls. The same God who created a monkey also created us. But the difference between us and a monkey is God granted the monkey life, but he has not breathed into them a living soul. Our our, Our bodies die physically, just like every other creature on earth. But the vast and overwhelming difference is we have a living soul that, even when our bodies die, We will live on somewhere out in eternity. A monkey or a cow or a horse or a dog or a cat or a bird or a fish or a bug or an ant or a lion or a tiger does not. And when they die, their life will end. But when our bodies die, our lives will continue on in eternity somewhere forever because God breathed into us an immortal soul. John the Apostle said of the Lord Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 
In him was life, and the light was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Hebrews 1.10 says, And the Lord in the beginning has laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. The Apostle Paul said, The Lord Jesus Christ, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. If God were to die and perish, everything that is, everything, you, me, the stars, the sun and the moon, everything out in God's universe would cease to exist if God ceased to exist because by him all things consist. He said in that same book, Chapter 2 and verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world. And not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. The Lord Jesus Christ is the embodiment of God in the flesh. He is the love of God personified in the flesh. He is the salvation of God personified in the flesh. He is the forgiveness and eternal life of God revealed and manifested in the flesh. He is the comfort, the consolation, the mercy and grace of God personified in the flesh. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the the Godhead bodily, the Apostle Paul said. The Bible says, let God be true and all men alive. When men claim things that are contrary and opposed to the truth of God that he has spoken, those men are then liars. The very God who created us and all that is in existence came to earth to redeem us from our sin and rebellion against him. To forgive us of our lives, for our impotence, for our rebellion, our hatred. To forgive us of any wrong or sin that we've committed. The Bible tells us that there is none righteous. No, not one. The Bible tells us that all of sin comes short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. The very God who men and women have sinned against came down in the form of a man, died on the cross of Calvary to pay our very own sin debt to him. If we will believe and accept him, the Lord Jesus, 
and his death for our sins and the truth of his resurrection. We have the sacred promise of the God who cannot lie that we will be forgiven and be given his eternal life in his heaven. That is the one and only condition for eternal salvation in Jesus Christ. We will not and cannot be saved and forgiven of our sin by our own good works, our own good deeds, or being involved in calling ourselves members of some particular religious organization. It does not matter if I'm a Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or Roman Catholic or anything else. If I have not had my sins forgiven by faith in the eternal salvation that's only in Jesus Christ, my life out in eternity would be spent in utter condemnation away from the God, the glory of God and the joy of God, banished in outer darkness forever. Yes, this body which is formed by God using the elements of the universe is going to die one day. But the living soul that God gave to every human being is going to live on somewhere forever. If we will but turn from our unbelief and turn to His divine truth in Jesus Christ, believe and accept His sin payment when He died and shed His blood for our sins on the cross, we will have His divine promise and do have His divine promise that we will spend eternity in His heaven forever. But if not, we will live in eternal death and torment for all eternity. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus. The choice is ours to make. And I beseech you, please make the right choice. Turn to the God who made you and tell Him this very moment that you believe the truth of His Word in the sin sin payment of Jesus Christ for your sins and that you accept His free gift of eternal life right now. If you've been duped and deceived by the lies of those who want to give you an alternate meaning to life, please repent of that unbelief and place your faith into the truth of God that is only in the forgiveness that is in Jesus Christ. Please allow me to give you a word of caution here. Be very sure of your salvation in Jesus Christ. Make sure that you're trusting the right content of truth in Jesus Christ. Simply because you may be religious or a church member or you believe in God or you are a good person, none of that really means that you are saved and in possession of eternal life. There is a very specific content of truth that we must accept and believe and believe in order to be saved and be assured that we will go to heaven when we die. We put a message on this site concerning how to know you have eternal life. In that message, I explain in some detail God's plan of eternal salvation and His forgiveness of sin, His content of faith for having eternal life. I would beg you today, do not trust in your own personal goodness or your own good works or your religious filiation. None of that will get you to heaven. None of it. I would urge you to please take the time to listen to our podcast on how to know you have eternal life. 
It is far, far, far too important and too much of a serious and grave situation to just leave to chance. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you'll return and listen to more of the podcasts that we've placed on this site. God bless you. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.